You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. We are back. We are. The like outspoken we are every Sunday. Boys. Every, yeah, because do we every miss Sunday. a Sunday? No, we don't. No. Because we are here to please and to give you the deets. What is right? the sit of, of this week going on in your LGBT community? Community. Anyways, I think it's good to have some levity this morning. Oh, a little yeah. bit. It's yeah. been a rough. It's been a rough week, it but has. it's also been a rough few days for the world. Yeah, and um, I think throughout this, because I mean. Someone sent us a good luck because this is, you know, we tend to be silly and funny. And, and mm-hmm, days like mm-hmm. this are, you know, I mean, with what happened in Beirut, with what happened in Paris. And then there's all this ridiculous discussion on Facebook about, yeah. you know, changing your picture to the colors of the flag of France. And then some people saying, how could you do that? You're, it's just people just well, want to tear <sighs> people down for any reason. And you know what? And I've, find. I've seen comments on Facebook with people saying, well, you know what happened in Paris still isn't as bad as 9-11. And I'm like, it is not a competition. You don't compare what are you doing? tragedies. What, what are you what doing? wrong with you? Yeah. Like, oh, we lost more people. No, that is not okay. Guess what? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And look, Paris is still honestly recovering from the trauma of what oh happened back in you know when we yeah. were saying just just we Charlie. Charlie, which is not even a year ago. Oh, and gosh. let's face it. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk about we've we are not mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. Beirut. The scary part about all of this is it was an attack on the world, in my opinion. Period. It wasn't just about that it happened in Beirut, and they deserve our our sympathy and respect just as much yeah. as anyone. It's not about the horrible tragedy in Paris. It's about that people got hurt. Absolutely. In Absolutely. our world by people who honestly would do it in America, yeah. just anywhere. So why don't we stop tearing each other down and why don't we start just supporting each other? Mm-hmm. And if a form of solidarity is to change my profile picture to the French flag, I'll do, do it. it. Exactly. And if that's they, the least you the can do. the option had been to change it to the flag for Lebanon, I would have done it. It isn't about my profile picture. It's about we need to... St- Start, you and I had a great conversation. I, you know, I believe, and I've said it before mm-hmm. in blogs and on here, anything that offers an absolute, yes, uh, any absolute is dangerous. Religion tends to offer yeah. an absolute. It's a very dangerous way of thinking. That's how things like ISIS and mm-hmm. terrorist groups that use religion as their call to arms, that's the problem. But you made a really good point, which is, because I believe that we can't now start hating our religions. I mean, that would be turning the tables. Yeah, and we, that would, it would be just as exactly. bad. Yeah, the but oppressed would turn into the. Oppressors. I do believe we need to dismantle the power that religion has. Yes, because sure. it's ugly mm-hmm. and it's not used for good. And you said you don't necessarily think even think that it's just religion. It goes deeper than religion. Right, exactly. It, I think religion is a really nice mask that we put on it, but I think oppressing people i mean as a humanity we find any other excuse to oppress a certain group of people so we feel more powerful that's how we do that's it. where it comes down it's, to it's down to how the power. am i better than you exactly i feel better if well, i find that reason. and it's because we don't know how to feel good about ourselves or even like excited about ourselves if someone isn't suffering from it i have mm-hmm. to be better than in order for me to be adequate but you know we can't just do that on our own and so we do that we right. put another group of people down a whole religion a whole yeah. race a whole well, sexuality because they're worse than me 
Exactly. So I can be better. So I'm going to mor- moralize something Absolutely. and use it as my yeah. staff of judgment, but I'm going to make it all about me in that aspect. Right, right. My big thing, and we're probably going to be talking about it throughout the next two hours, but yeah. we have you know other things on the show that we're, we're planned as well. But I do, you know, we stand by anybody that has been hurt, is hurt, mm-hmm. is going through something. And it includes Beirut and it includes Paris because it's about being a human. Right. It's not about... Y- all of us needing to just, I just get sick of the tearing each other down just for the sake of tearing each other down. Absolutely. It's not an option Absolutely. anymore. There's always going to be haters. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be horrible things out there. I would rather us bind together as a human race and love each other right. and try to figure out how to heal and to support those that need to do a lot of healing instead of this ridiculous uh, comparison. Oh, instead yeah. Instead of this ridiculous yeah, the, the judging. Worse than 9-11. That, all that is crap. And yeah. Okay, I don't know if any of you out there watched uh, Democratic Debates last night. Um, go ahead and do do a recap thing. And they have and them on YouTube. Exactly. They, or you can watch the full thing on YouTube. Um, uh, interesting things were said. But uh, the, one of the big conversations, of course, because the day before was, you know, attacks on Paris mm-hmm. and Beirut and everything happening over there. Um, and of course, Republican, the GOP side, loves to say radical Islamist groups. Always. Always. And that was brought up. They said, uh, you know, Hillary, Bernie, uh, O'Malley, why are you not saying those words? Why are you not saying radical Islamist, uh, you know, right. a, a terrorist? And they said, well, you know, we don't want to say that because it's not radical Islamists. It's these, you know, it's ISIS. It's the jidus, jid, okay, um, jihadists. Jihadists. I can mm-hmm. never say that word. Um it's the jihadists that are really doing all of this. You know, it's, it's one group of people. Forms. Yeah, exactly. You can't just say that all of Islam. It's not an attack on Islam. That's it's one of the greatest religions out there. It's it's a huge religion. It's a huge group of people. We can't just blame it all on them and say all Muslims no. and all. Islam is like this. And this has been a rough week, and, and I've been trying to find what I think about humanity, but I'll say this. I found a uh, quote by Mahatma Gandhi, and I said, you must not lose faith in humanity. Humanity is an ocean. If mm. a few drops of the ocean are dirty, the entire ocean does not become dirty. And that is the problem. We like to overgeneralize a group. Absolutely, we do. In order for us to hate them as a whole, listen, the whole problem is that we hate. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to find ways and stop blaming. I, I've got to give credit to all the candidates who stood up and said, Absolutely, I'm not yeah. going to blame. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not going to change it and frame it in this word mm-hmm. because it makes you feel better. Absolutely. When yeah. did people getting hurt right, become right. about us as the non-victims feeling better? In this world, we expect victims to be quiet. Mm-hmm. We expect you to make me feel good because you're right. making me uncomfortable with that, that you're hurting right now. And this is a problem with humanity, and we need to, we need to solve that. So it's I don't know. Problem. There's a lot. We're yeah. gonna, like I said, we're going to talk a lot about we that are. throughout the hour. But let's talk about some more local things. Local things, things that we've enjoyed. You know, sometimes you need to get away sometimes you a lot, need a lot of the times yeah, obviously yeah sometimes you need an escape it doesn't mean you don't come back to figuring mm-hmm. out a way to care for others but there's also no shame and no guilt in, in being able to do that and i on that note i want to say um that i went through a lot this week but i have a friend who was very sweet and invited me i have not been to the modern theater which is formerly mm-hmm. in inner players and they've been taken over the building by a modern theater and i was invited to a play called the wild party um I have to, and it's a musical, uh, but not your typical musical. It's a little sexy. I'm, I'm going to tell you Apparently right now. Apparently very sexy. Yes. The content is not for everyone. It was, first of all, the talent was amazing. Mm-hmm. The uh, the acting, just great. The vocals, everything. And 
Here's the thing. Yes, it was very sexy, but it really deals with a real issue, and it takes place like back in the 20s about a relationship that's trying. It's not a, a function. It's a dysfunctional relationship. How do we move forward? So, you know, how do we reconnect? And the solution was let's throw a wild party. And in the end, that was the wrong answer. Um, <laughs> and so, but you watch the deconstruction of this relationship just live out on stage. I have to say, Absolutely amazing. The talent in there uh, was brilliant. I got to meet a lot of the actors who were there. Uh, one of them, Jordan Taylor, played Mr. Black, who was one of the leads. Brilliant. Also, if you want to see a really cute guy in his underwear. So I will be there. You're, war- you're welcome, Jordan Taylor. Very nice. Show. Yes. Um, of course, uh, so there's this amazing song by Abby Crawford, who is the actress, and she plays Madeline True, and she's a lesbian. Okay. And she sings a song about how she misses those... Old stories about a nice lesbian uh, love that your grandma used to tell you about. No. And so it's <laughs> absolutely hysterical. Her character is brilliant. So I want to give shout outs. I mean, everybody in this show was amazing. Craig Hud- Hudkins. I have the program. If you're watching me on, on uh, Periscope. Periscope, it's right there. But um, I don't know. It's just amazing. Robert Garcia was the, the fiance of the man I was there with. He's amazing. It's you, just a you fun make it, play. You make it sound like you went on a date with Robert's fiance. No, yeah, I that's do what you, not. That's what it just made it oh, sound okay. like. You're like, well, he's the fiance all... of the man that I was there with. No, of my friend. Do you know <laughs> there the you friends go. that you go I, to things with? Okay. Do we all not right. go to things? I heard no. you. I heard you. I'll back up. <laughs> I was there I'm with there. Uh, my friend and his fiance, and it was great. You, okay. You know, it was uncomfortable because you see a lot of his fiance. But <laughs> other than that, I do want to just give shout outs to those people Troy Nickerson is the one that directed it. But if you haven't been to a play at Modern Theater, they also have a theater in Coeur d'Alene. They do. They do plays that kind of push the boundaries. Push the boundaries. It's not your typical, you know, play. Which I'm not is what go theater watch, is about. Yeah. A musical that's safe, which we do yeah. in community theater a lot. They do shows that really pushes the acting of the people involved. Right, right. Really pushes the subject matter. And it's just you feel like you're in a real, you know, you're in New York watching an off-Broadway play. It's there just you go. that good. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's that raw real theater. You know, it's like it's like if you were to do Chicago when you were in high school drama, it was that. It was like, "Oh no, right. you can't do that." Oh, yeah. And if you oh, do it no. right, then you there's probably protests. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. I do not do Chicago. We in high got school. letters when I was a uh, when I did it in in adult contemporary oh, yeah. <laughs> theater <laughs> in so Wenatchee got, though in Wenatchee. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, if you do get a chance to look at what their season is, um to go tour modern theater mm-hmm. or go see a play. This play runs for two more weekends. That's so awesome. I and would suggest Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know, I know about it's Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for sure, gotcha. but maybe Sunday. And it's for two more weeks. And those I actors have so much energy. Mm-hmm. Like afterwards, when you go back to, to meet them outside that they just bounce, but you would have to be, I mean, and that's a lot of um, heat on that stage. Oh yes. I'm just going to say, and there is something for everyone. I of course was just more drawn to the, beautiful men yeah but there were women in their underwear and i'm sure that was fun for yeah. guys we were there with a friend of of my friend um who's a straight guy and he was hysterical so we were teasing them yeah. because hey there's just some someone something for everybody some for everybody so anyways i'm really impressed with what i saw i'm excited to see more from modern theater hey and it's something we have in spokane that you true. can go out and, and do can be a lot of fun and Coeur d'Alene. Mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna lie I might have seen... So this one took place in Spokane's theater, but I thought it was taking place in Coeur d'Alene's theater, so I might have drove all the way out to Coeur d'Alene. Wait, did you really? Dro- yeah, that happened. You drove and all the way then, out? And then realized I was in the wrong place, and, had to, and I didn't want to tell my friend that I messed yeah. it up. So I'm just like, oh, 
oh yeah i'll just be i'll get there i'm almost there but now i know where both theaters are so <laughs> i can give you directions to either that theater. is hilarious <laughs> that is hilarious that, that you got there that happened. i <laughs> see i didn't know that story but i thought that I it know, was I, I in Coeur d'Alene too because that's what you had said to me yeah and then i was confused when you were like oh yeah the one downtown I'm like, yeah so i Coeur totally i sort of oh, okay. didn't even fess up till right this minute that's okay <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. So that do was it on a thing. Um, We also do have to uh, mention something coming up here. It's World yeah. AIDS Day. We uh, we work important. really closely with uh, Kyle Richardson over at um, Spokane AIDS Network, as yes. well as uh, Josh Swan, who's going to be on our show in a few weeks. Here. Yeah, he is, and um, he's part of the Men's Amnesty Project. He is, um, and then of course the he NAIC. works with yeah NIAC. Yeah. So in IAC, I always mess that up. But anyways, the two very important things to do, depending on the area of town you're in, or, or maybe you can do both. But World AIDS Day, SAN, Spokane AIDS Network, is having an event uh, where you can light luminaries um, and you can make that part of your remembrance of those who, who have passed from HIV and AIDS or, and, you know, to honor those that have it that are in your life. So that's going to be happening from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock at Riverfront Park. Um, MAP, uh, Men's Amnesty Project, and NIAC, the North Idaho AIDS Coalition, is having their uh, their ceremony, I guess, for lack of a better word, from 6 to 7.30 at St. Luke's in Coeur d'Alene. So um, important to check out what you can do for World AIDS Day right now uh, for this year that's coming up because it's just around the corner. Right. I feel like a lot it is, is happening right now. It is. Why don't we take a quick song break right now? And we're actually going to listen to uh, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, their song, I, I Won't love Dance. Oh, they're amazing. And they actually did their little Christmas thing for Barnes & Noble. So go see that ad. It's amazing. Uh, but here it is. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. I need a song called I Shouldn't Dance. You sh- <laughs> I do dance, but it's probably better if I, yeah. if I don't well, do it. Yeah, well, no. I, I've, <laughs> seen, I've seen you dance a little bit. It's not bad. It's okay. not bad. Yeah, that, there was a lot of drinking involved. Right. Um, welcome back is. to Outspoken. If you, of course, have been our super fans and been listening every week, we have been highlighting this really cool web series that's in its fourth season. Actually, they just finished their fourth season. And recently we had on uh, two actors from it, Joe Deidel and Ben Zook, who were from that program. And because I'm a super fan... And I must obsess over the show. Yeah, always. you even have a T-shirt that you wear I to have the gym a all the time. I, I do because I want everybody to know. Yeah. So hey, without further ado, we want to bring over one of the other regular cast members from Where the Bears Are, Ian Parks, to Outspoken. Ian, are you there? I am. Is this when I can talk now? You're, you're, yeah, right. You're, you're allowed, allowed to, to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We just kind of put you off. And... Along with the music there for a while. Hey, oh, who yeah. doesn't love jazz by Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett? Right. I yeah. know. I we wouldn't be proper gay men. Actually. No, no, actually not. That's part of the thing. Yeah. Ian, I want to start with first of all, as I was stating, you are one of the lead actors of a very popular and successful web series called Where the Bears Are. And I know you have like film school training and everything and doing a ton of stuff out there. You guys just wrapped your fourth season. Do you mind yes, giving come? Huh? I was just saying yes we did. Yeah, exactly. Do you mind telling us first, first of all how you got involved in a web series? <laughs> I love this question because it's such an unusual answer. Um, Craigslist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, I was, um, this was February or so of 2012. Uh-huh. 
And I was looking for freelance editing work because okay. really, you know, that's my bread and butter job is uh, film editing. Yeah. So I was just on Craigslist, you know, prowling around looking for freelance editing gigs on the film and media page there. <laughs> and I saw this casting or this, this ad that said casting call gay themed web series and in parentheses it said bears. No. I was just like, mm, okay, I got to at least look at this. What You're is right. this about? And <laughs> The, uh, the ad said literally nothing about what the show was about, what it was going to be. It just asked for, it just said, we're looking for this physical description. Oh, wow. So so, I was just like, and, you yeah. know, at the time I was really, uh, I was really kind of bumming out uh, about just the whole work situation in L.A. and, you know, constantly having to search for a job. So I was just like, ah, oh, this might be fun, you know, something just shake it up and get back in the habit of making films for fun. Right. So it was really like just a sort of shrug of the shoulders. I'm like, yeah, what the, you know, why not? I'll send in my information. Let's just see what happens. And it turns out I was the first person to respond. I I, I responded within 20 minutes of them posting that ad. Oh, wow. That's So that's it was amazing. like they literally, I literally, they posted it, and I must have seen it within five minutes because I was the first person to respond, and they took, you know, they looked at my picture and my information. They're just like, well, let's get them into audition. Right. That was on a Wednesday. I auditioned on Friday, and the following Monday we started shooting. Oh, wow, my that goodness. was that was quick. Well, and your character <laughs> wasn't originally supposed to stick around for four seasons, was it? In well, I hope this isn't too big of a spoiler alert. But in the first <laughs> draft of the first season, I was supposed to be the bad guy. Yes, oh that's sure, what right, I right, right. Yeah, so they. Um, I'm not sure when that changed. I, I if I before or after. Because um, literally, I was the last person. The entire thing was casted. All the crew and everyone else was in place. I was the last person to jump on board. That's why everyone was ready to shoot. So that's why, you know, I met Ben and Joe on a Friday. And then three days later, I'm having to film that first scene where I'm rolling on top of Ben in my underwear. Yes. And I was just like, wow, nice to meet you. Okay, sure. let's do this. Yeah, that, that sounds like a very similar experience I had with a Craigslist shoot. But um, how, how was how the experience? Oh, oh. How, was, how was getting into, you know, shooting, meeting uh, the guys, and the whole experience of, you know, season one, two, three, and now four? Uh, how has the dynamic developed and uh, your experience been? Well, um, you know, like I said, the main re like the main thing that attracted I, I just wanted to get back in the habit of doing it for fun. You know, right, I used to do it course. for fun all the time, and that's very much when I talked to these guys on the phone uh, on Wednesday, set up my audition. That's what Joe said. He was just like, you know, it's just this passion project that we want to do. Um, you know, they were telling me like it was going to be this labor of love that probably not a lot of people were going to watch. Maybe our friends in L.A. and some other people in the gay community would watch, but really not right. too many people. So it's just going to be like this one-off thing that, you know, who knows what would happen with it. Right. So I was just like, okay, cool. I'm all for that. You know, let's have some fun. Let's make something cool and have a good time doing it and all just get together and do what we love to do. So um, the first, you know, whenever I showed up and um, we started shooting, it was nice because I was just like, oh, it's, it, this is cool. These people know what they're doing. You know, these are <laughs> the cameramen are real cameramen. The sound guy is mm -hmm. a real sound guy. And, you know, it was sort of like a bare-bones kind of crew, so they needed help, and I, because of my film training and everything, I was like, oh, I can help, I can do this, I can right. do that. So they kind of were stunned that I showed up and was like, yeah, I'm ready to do more than just, you know, play my part. I'm ready right. to jump in my hands and feet here. So, um, you know, and then 
the first season comes out and it sort of takes off like a you know a rocket. Yeah. And we're all just sort of like, oh my gosh, are we going to get to do a second one of these? How cool right. is that? Like the second season, we were so thrilled just to be able to do it again. Yeah. Well, we had so much fun the first time. And know? four seasons later, I mean, uh, when we were talking to the other guys um, earlier this month, so when do you find out if they decide that they're not too exhausted that you guys are going to jump into a season five or not? When do you find that out? Well, um, because, like, at, at this point, this is kind of the, the yearly routine we've gotten into. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, the DVDs for season four are out. Mm-hmm. Um, which means basically everything that we have to do for season four is done. So where the bears are at the moment is shut down. So right. that's when Rick, Joe, and Ben take a couple months to sort of recover and just sort of, you know, recharge the batteries a little bit. And I guess around Christmas or the first of the year is when they start talking about if we have ideas for a season five, if sure, a sure. season five is possible, you know, there's right. like a hundred questions to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, before we start talking about, okay, uh, let's do it. How are we going to make it happen now? And that's where, uh, for seasons three and four, we had a Kickstarter campaign, which yeah. uh, I got to say has been such an amazing and humbling and shocking experience. The way people, you know, fans of the show have just opened themselves up to help us keep going because. At this point, the only way we're still doing the show is because of the tremendous amount of fan support that we get. Right. And it really yeah. kind of, yeah. like, I'm, I'm kind of speechless sometimes when I think about it, just because, you know, the, the fundraisers, um, it seems like a lot of money to raise in a short period of time, but when you get down to it, it's not a lot of money to have to make an entire season of this show with. Right. But the people's generosity is just unbelievable. I mean, we're, we're all four of us are just kind of, shocked at how right. this has all played out over the last couple of years. Well, and I think Shocked it's... Shocked grateful. Yeah, I think part of it is because as a self-identified bear, I remember finding this show four years ago when it just started and feeling... You know that a great feeling you have when you see something on... Uh, in the media, I guess, and it looks like you, and for a minute you're, like, taken aback, like, wait, that's that doesn't seem like that should be there. And yet... The connection is so big because, hey, there's a bunch of hairy bears. Half of y'all are half naked, half the season. I mean, it just is a <laughs> celebration. And I think that ha- that's like this connection from a group of people, I think, who has not felt like we've been given a voice in media that's legitimate. And you guys are offering that to us. Uh, can I ask, how did you come across the first season uh, f- whenever it was coming out? You bet. It was a friend of mine, actually. I had just come out of a breakup. And they were, I don't know what they were doing online. He was into editing. He went to school for editing and stuff and was looking at some film site. And somehow he came across uh, you guys and he said, well, you just got out of the relationship. I just want to give you some encouragement. And so he sent me the link and then I was, I was hooked, hook, line and sinker every season ever since. So I'm not sure where, but he was just online and there he fell across it. Yeah, it's kind of a, like uh, that's that's one of the challenges of you know a web series and this whole new media format is right that, right you know we don't know exactly how how to roll it out there we don't know how to reach more people we don't know I mean we don't even know how many people are watching when you get down right. to it because you know on YouTube if an episode has fifty thousand hits or something that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean fifty thousand different people have watched exactly because at sure. least you know, four thousand so, of those are me right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least a handful of them are me. It's like I watch it on my phone, I watch it on my computer, you know, I watch it on my Apple TV. 
So it's like I'm racking up a couple of hits myself right. on every episode, Absolutely. and yeah. I'm sure other people are doing the same. Or sometimes, like uh, bear groups will have a movie night and they'll show like four or five episodes of yes. the show in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that instance, one view is reaching fifty people or so. Sure, right, so we sure. really the only number that we have that we can keep track of like individuals watching the show is the number of likes on the Facebook page. Exactly. Right? Which well, is well, something then, like eighty thousand I think at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. yeah. So it's constantly growing in leaps and bounds, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that watch that haven't liked that page, and we just have no idea. Exactly. Right, absolutely. Well, so it's kind of hard to market to an audience that we're not really sure where they are and who they are and mm-hmm. how to reach more. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, the Kickstarter campaign and the fact that so many fans come and support you, does that not show that, you know, there's such a strong fan base there? And how does that feel when, you know, knowing that so many people come out you know, know about the show, will donate money just to make another season. They're there for you, and they support this amazing project. What does that feel like <laughs> during during filming a, and, and when you realize? It, all that being said, it's a very nerve-wracking month. Yeah. We do these <laughs> things. Yeah. Because, you know, we're trying to raise a substantial amount of money in a short amount of time, and it's, you know, kickstarted the way it's set up. It's all or nothing. Either we yeah. make the goal in the deadline by the deadline, mm-hmm. or we don't, and we get nothing. So, right. you know, that's like the worst nightmare would be like, if we just didn't make it, and then we're left with nothing at square one, it's just like, well, right. what do we do? I guess the show would be over. Sure. I'm pretty sure, because so, I know I heard about, so in the fourth season, there is a yacht involved, and I heard that there was a <laughs> fan that helped to make that happen. So I'm thinking... I think you guys are safe for a while because uh, there are enough people out there like, no, we need another season. <laughs> we'll give our yachts for it. Well, it's it's hard sometimes, though, because, you know, it's sort of a reflection of the economy of 2015, right. I guess. It's the way people spend their money. People don't always place a value on entertainment. You know, if someone were to... Uh, subscribe to HBO or Netflix, it's it's just mm-hmm. a charge on their credit card that they don't think right. about. They don't think, yeah. oh, what I'm watching here, this this resource for entertainment that is always available actually costs money to me and has monetary value to me. Sometimes a lot of people, you know, like some people will, you know, sort of criticize us for asking for handouts. And I'm just like, what? we don't have a studio or advertiser. <laughs> There's no way to make the show happen without... Right. Support from the people watching it. So right, right. it's kind of hard to get that message across sometimes, but we do our best. And, you know, we're incredibly grateful for the people that do, you know, lend. Tr- <laughs> Some people lend a tremendous amount of support. And we get people offering their homes or, you know, cars or bars right. or a yacht like last year. I mean, that was spectacular exactly that, well, having you, that opportunity to shoot on that well you know it's it's interesting we have a doug spearman on in the next hour and he was part of noah's ark and one of the things he says is it's so important to have these independent projects what be they film or tv because there isn't enough representation for well the gay community for for <clears throat> even the microcosms in the in our community like the bear groups and that we have right. to somehow force to be steward as he says stewards and custodians of our own stories, because right now, you know, we're not being we're not being given our sh- fair shake in in you know mainstream media. As an actor yourself, and as you work in films, and you know you do, um, like you said, the editing and things. Do you find that it's helpful to have this series with you, or or, or is it more of a challenge for you to go out and try other things? Oh, uh, this 
in that capacity, being a part of the show has done nothing but help and nothing but open doors and has done nothing but help me hone my own skills, either mm -hmm. acting or editing or anything like that. Um, I, I'm lucky to be a part of it. And I know it. like every time we, I get to hang out with those guys, I actually just saw Joe and Ben last night. Um, every time I get to see those guys and we get together and we're talking about this stuff, the four of us are so excited and it reminds me time and time again, I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, this is why I'm out here doing it. And it's not always easy, but man, it's always worth it. Right. Exactly. So it's, I mean, and it helps me hone my skills and it's opened sure, up doors sure. and presented opportunities that I would not have had otherwise. Um, like, for instance, HBO uh, was looking, they were casting for the looking finale. Oh, guess, okay. You know, after two seasons of looking, they're going to do like a big finale wrap up for the, right. for the show. They contacted almost every person in Where the Bears Are to have wow. them come in an audition. Oh, part. wow. That's awesome. I was just like, the fact that HBO is hitting us up and yeah. wanting us to come audition is mind blowing. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, it's. That's, that's what I'm yeah. things like that I could never have predicted when I responded to that oh. Craigslist ad right I could never have predicted that anything like that was coming down the line so um, you know it's I'm just very grateful and you know happy to be a part of it that's and that that's fantastic so does that mean there's anything coming up for you any uh other roles that you're going to be playing any projects uh coming out that we can see you in well, the nature of the beast is I can't really say. Okay. There are All things right. that I've auditioned. Ooh. I mean, a lot of these things when you go to audition, you're not like on Facebook yeah, or yeah. social media, you're not even allowed to say that you went to an audition. Sure. Right. Sure. Like they hey. keep it very under wraps until. And that keeps it tantalizing for mm -hmm. your fans. They just have just to keep be, watching. Right? They have to keep watching for you. I said it makes it tantalizing for your fans. They have to keep watching for you. Trust me, when something big comes along that I'm really excited about, everyone's going to know it. Right. I mean, it's going to be all on yeah. my Facebook page. You know, when I'm allowed, to, when I'm allowed exactly. to talk about that. And then you're supposed to call us because we'll have you back on. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of right, course, right, yeah. Of course. So we'll just Whenever keep... you want. Just yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> Love come back anytime. Uh, we'll just keep stalking you while you, uh, you do these famous. additions, and then, and then we'll, we'll find out what you're doing. But uh, thank you so much for calling in today, talking to us about uh, where the bears are. Uh, kind of huge fan quenching our thirst for for more where the bears uh, are yeah and so we're going to be played. looking for fifth season we'll see if it happens but we're rooting for it well i'll tell you what if it does happen we have some amazing ideas as where as to where the show's going to go next oh that's awesome like, there's there has been a lot of discussion about what we could and would want to do it's just a matter of if we can make it happen right but man more than ever more than any other season i would i'm really excited to make a fifth season happen because the ideas that are being kicked around right now are really exciting and really funny. That is so, so great. I'm so excited. And hey, when yeah, that I'm Kickstarter thrilled. campaign comes out, we'll, we'll help promote you guys for sure. Well, that'll be uh, sometime in the first, you know, I'm sure uh, Ben and Joe will keep the Where the Bears on our Facebook page and everything right. updated very consistently. Sure. Sure. And as soon as they have a decision made, We'll all be shouting from the rooftop. You know, we'll all be very excited to let everyone know. Exactly. That's amazing. Well, uh, Ian Parks, thank you so much for being part of Outspoken out here in the Northwest. We love watching your show. And uh, all y'all, the four dynamic there is amazing. So thank you so much for taking time on your Sunday. Absolutely. My pleasure. You have a wonderful day. You too, guys. Bye. Bye. And that was Ian Parks. Ian Parks is one of the leads, one of the four leads of Where the Bears Are. It's a web series just finished their fourth season. 
definitely encourage you to check it out. You can go to wherethebearsare.tv. It's a lot of fun. They like to, it's like a murder mystery comedy. They like to pre- they say <laughs> that they get inspired by the Golden Girls. Yeah. And it's just hysterical. If you like bears at all, there's a lot of half-naked bears in this. There are. And Ian there is are. in his underwear probably 80% of the time and I'm okay with that. Right, it's it's like the show it's you, like an, you saw. It's an underwear yeah. theme. It is. An, for this show. <laughs> it's an underwear theme this whole time. I know. Uh, if you, We also uh, interviewed other cast members from Where the Bears Are in our previous uh, episodes. Yes, if you did. haven't caught those, go on iTunes. You can uh, listen to all previous shows. Exactly. Uh, don't forget to rate and review. But for now, we're going to take a quick song break. Um, of course, you know, Jonathan and I have a rivalry. It's true. It's true. It's it's a friendly rivalry. There might that, be some guests out there that, that, that gets bloody sometimes. It does, just a little bit. Just a little just bit. A little bit. Um, and so, Jonathan's Adele. I'm Sam Smith. Yep. Uh, go Team ahead. Sergey Team Jonathan. Team Sergey Team Jonathan. So, go ahead and uh, shout out for Sam Smith and sit quietly for Adele. <laughs> uh, this is going to be Sam Smith's Nirvana. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And that was uh, the best singer in the entire world forever, Sam Smith, with Nirvana. Um, I do like him. I don't want to say bad <laughs> things, but I think I'm still, I'm all about a Adele. powerhouse duo of Adele and Sam Smith. I love that you that want them would, to have a duo. I do, I because I just feel like their styles would complement each other and she could help them out a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're right. She could help him out a bit by taking him down a few notches because he's a little bit high up there. I'm I mean, too many you. runs, Sam Whatever. Smith. You're too good. Hold on. <laughs> the people can't appreciate that talent yet. Whatever. Well, you're back. This is outspoken, and I we decided earlier. It's not mm-hmm. only outspoken. I've decided it's Elra. So that's <laughs> no, Ellen and Oprah. We're like that. Really it's really not. It's really not. Today is a lot like an Ellen show in the fact that we have a lot of guests on the Today Show. Yeah. Like just. We're not going to say maybe Kurt got a little happy and did it, but okay, so got a little happy. We had a discussion with him a month ago. We were like, we need more guests. We need to have a guest list. And he took it what we, to what, heart. What we meant is we just need to have guests scheduled throughout December. <laughs> he said. Let's do it on one day. Yeah. Let's get oh, no, no, spread them out. <laughs> spread it like peanut butter. Exactly. But that's okay. It means we have a lot of fun things to talk that's about. True. And we're excited because in just a few minutes, we're actually going to talk to some members of a the Two Spirits. Uh, this is something we want to learn more about. We are always trying to uh, break down the moniker of our LGBTQA, all the letters of the alphabet soup there. And we're always learning, wanting to learn more about our community, especially uh, parts that maybe we don't know because we don't belong to it. And so actually, this is going to be part of that education for us and everyone. So, and I know we are just waiting. We are. They're being transferred right now. But it's interesting, uh, the conversation that's going to be had, because I don't know very much... Uh, about it. I don't and know. I'm excited. So what we always tell, and I'll do the same briefing here, yep. Sergey and I use our ignorance to to learn more for ourselves in a hope that it also helps the people that listen to our show. Well, I wouldn't say ignorance. Well. I just said, uh, I, I think we're just not educated on the matter yet. True. We're not We're not ignorant of the fact that also, we're talking about it. No, that's right. I'll call you okay. out here. It's call, call, call you me out. out. We are not educated. But without further ado, we Yet. do mm-hmm. want to bring on the experts that can teach us some things on to Outspoken. And we are here to welcome Raven Heavy Runner and Stephen Barrios. And please tell me if I mispronounced anything, gentlemen. Are you there? Uh, Raven Heavy Runner is here. Yes, I said Steven. it right. Perfect. Steven Barrios is here. Uh, Steve Love Marks. it. First of all, thank you two so much for coming on to our program uh, so that we can get some education. And when uh, our producer came to us, he said we wanted to have some people from 
representing the two spirit this can you kind of talk to us uh just these two gay men wanting to know more tell us more about what this means so two spirit people uh it's it's a term that's actually a, a newer term although the the uh roles that were played within native america go back as far as you know uh, uh our communities can remember right. uh mm-hmm. and they were uh uh, roles where people who had uh, alternate uh, um, genders basically fulfilled roles within our communities, and that could have been like a historian, a storyteller, a nurse, uh, those people that took care of the burials of people. They mm-hmm. were the sacred name givers, sure. and it varied in different tribes, and the roles also varied as well. Um, and within some of our own old stories, our legends, they talk about some of the two-spirit people. Uh, some of the more famous ones are the Natle and the, uh, out of the, the Navajo uh, people. And the Natle were the ones who basically saved the people from, you know, uh, uh, um, them doing themselves in, in that the men and the women were fighting. Mm-hmm. And so they're the ones who negotiated between the men and the women to bring them back together again. So they held a very sacred spot within the Nav- the, the Navajo people. Sure. Uh, within the Zuni people, it was uh, a two-spirit being that brought them to this current dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, within our own tribe, it's believed that one of our um, one of our uh, our uh, two-spirit women um, had a running eagle was a warrior who was who many of us considered to be two spirit who carried on the role of a of a a male and was able to go out and you know protect our our tribe against our enemies and was highly regarded within our tribe and so there's many of these roles that basically had some civic responsibility mm-hmm. that were institutionalized within our communities and so uh and and they also believed that there was a spiritual component to it um, there were some of our earlier uh, two-spirit elders who talked about these particular roles having three different components, one being, you know, the the, uh, the spiritual aspect of it, in that the Creator was the one who told us, this is who you are as a person. This is the gender that you are being given. And the other piece of it was that that role filled a civic place within um, within our communities. And, of course, there was the third piece of it, the fact that, it was an alternate gender, so it wasn't something that fell within that binary uh, um, uh, role of being either male or female. It was kind of fluid within there, and so mm. uh, that was kind of the uniqueness of it as far as being um, uh, two-spirit. And uh, so I, I often get asked, well, how does this differ from the mainstream? Well, today's mainstream doesn't necessarily have those components of it being uh, in, you know, where the LGBT people necessarily have a specific role that's been identified mm-hmm. by the community within, you know, uh, society, um, like in a historical sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that's just true for today because, you know, in having discussions with some of our, our two-spirit elders, they believe that, you know, uh, prior to Christianization in other continents, that may have been true as well, where these roles were... Uh, it could have been institutionalized within their communities, and they could have been the ones who were like the healers. They could have been right. the ones who were uh, the, the the spiritual leaders, you know. And so, um, it's it's kind of interesting to to uh, have those discussions. But 
we believe as two-spirit people that this particular roles or, or this term, this this uh, this uh, uh, term two-spirit is really for those indigenous people of the Americas. Right. You know, so we're a little bit kind of protective over that particular term only because, sure. you know, it, there's a lot of specific reasons why we feel that it's an important term that we hold uh, for ourselves. One being that when we do apply for funding to be able to address some of the concerns within the two-spirit community, that it there not be any, um, uh, how would you say, uh, gray area where people who might be non-indigenous and who identify as two-spirit might get that particular uh, right. funding, you know, uh, um, used in an area that isn't necessarily identified as what a lot of people believe as two-spirit. Right. And uh, it seems okay. like in the history, uh, um, you know, looking at these things, and like you even spoke to, Native Americans have had a respect for, if not, you know, they've a healthy just respect as a human being for uh, their two-spirit brothers and sisters. Does that still carry true to today in the Native American community? Has it come up through the the past and, and still a sense of, of respect going on now? I, I, I believe that it's coming back to that, but I think that because of colonization and Christianization mm-hmm. of our communities, that, that, you know, the outlook that you look at in today's uh, mainstream fundamentalist Christian belief that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not looked on very highly. And for those communities right. that right. have had uh, a lot of colonization and Christianization um, uh, forced onto them, then they hold that same view. Um, there are those... Uh, um, traditional people who um, have that knowledge, and even though they may not be two-spirit themselves, they know that those roles are there and that those roles are sacred to our people. And those roles, and and those that are inclusive, have no problem, you know, talking about that. Mm-hmm. And the other, I think, uh, in talking with some of our two-spirit uh, people who live on the reservations, because now I live in an urban setting, although mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Stephen lives on the reservation, my uh, understanding in those conversations is you look at the younger people who are basically um, a lot more open-minded. They're sure. more accepting. Yeah. You look at those that are probably, you know, uh, um, 30 plus to like in their, in their, uh, you know, I, I guess above that, they're a little bit more hesitant to be open about it unless they are um, more traditional. So uh, for those that have, you know, bought into the narrative that, you know, LGBT people are are, uh, are are not natural or not right, then those are the ones that are not accepting. So it's something that we are having to do a lot of education on. And, you know, we definitely thank you for this opportunity to, to be part of that educating, mm-hmm. you know, uh, process. Absolutely. So, yes. so in this day and age, what is there... Uh, any organization, any uh, resources out for people who identify as Two-Spirit? And what does it mean to be Two-Spirit in this day and age? Uh, d- is that still, you know, a big uh, role in the tribe? Or how does that work? I'm going to defer to Stephen on this one. Sure. Perfect. Could you repeat that again? Yeah, in this day and age, uh, being Two-Spirit, are there any resources or organizations out there? Or how does it uh, work in terms of uh, being part of the tribe, uh, being a Two-Spirit person? Is that still a big part of it or not? You know, uh, okay, yes, there there are a lot of resources out there, and there's a lot of societies that are up and coming, and we've 
we as the Montana Two Spirit Society actually are the longest running Two Spirit Society in the United States and Canada because we've been doing it this coming year will be 20 years. Oh wow! And so, uh, but we do have a collaboration with other societies up in Canada and all over. Um, I know here on the reservation, it's it's pretty well accepted among our people. Um, in fact, uh, I'm talking with somebody up in the health department. Uh, I talked with them yesterday. They want to do an LGBT True Spirit Day here on the reservation nice. uh, to get a lot of the True Spirit people together to help them get into the... Um, the, the healthcare system that's coming, you know, that's going to end on December 7th. So um, our recognition um, within the tribe is uh, is coming back. Sure. And it took many years for us to get to where we are today. Now, uh, what yeah. are the goals to get the uh, education out there? What are, are your hopes and your, your goals um as being part of the two-spirit community, what do you hope to educate people outside as well as inside of the Native American community? What are your goals and how do you do that? You know, our goals are to actually reach the youth, the youth among our two-spirit people is one of our goals. But our goal, we have several. And to educate the people that don't know, don't know or mm-hmm. haven't heard about two-spirit people since our culture was suppressed for so many years and taken sure. away from yeah. us, and we're regaining that. And we have what we call the sacred circle. We're taken out of that circle, and that circle will not be whole till we're brought back in. And so we want people to know that within our communities as two-spirit people, we were accepted. We uh, weren't shunned. Uh, as Raven was talking, we had special roles. <coughs> and one of the things that's very important to me that I like to educate people on is I do not call myself gay. I call myself a two-spirit person Mm -hmm. because with that term, there comes so much responsibilities. And as a two-spirit person in our tribes, we all have roles. And even today we have those roles as two-spirit people to educate and to share and to we're reclaiming our ceremonies and to teach ceremonies to our youth and the ones that have lost that that part of their um, culture, bring it back to them. And so we talk to elders a lot, and we get all this information, and we share it among ourselves and educate the non-natives. Exactly. Now, let's say someone's listening right now, and, and like Sergey had asked earlier, where can we send them to find out more information because they feel this is, they've never had someone to reach out to that understands what they're feeling and that they feel the two-spirit people. Where can they go for more information? Where can we send them? I think one of the great things about having, you know, social media uh, in this day and age is the fact that there are so many two-spirit organizations that are online, you know, and right. they, that, are, that are active and that are doing things within their community or at least have somebody that, you know, somebody who is either coming out or who needs some type of connection with the Two-Spirit community that they can reach out to and, and, and uh, have those conversations about, you know, how can I uh, um, connect with my community? And I think that that's a, uh, that's a, it's a great venue. And, and, of course, there's a lot of different things that, you know, are coming up 
uh, in the next uh, uh, couple uh, uh, months and, and throughout this next year. Uh, recently, out of Oregon, there was a, a thing called the Two-Spirit Equity Toolkit that um, basically looked at how can and, – and, and, you know, one of the things that you had asked is what would be important for uh, for uh, the community to know. And I think one of them is that, you know, it's really important for us to advocate for our youth, for our elders, to our Two-Spirit, um, that they are deserving of equity. And it doesn't matter if it's in the mainstream community right. or if it's in our tribal communities. And this uh, tribal equity toolkit basically is uh, directed at our tribes uh, to be able to say, hey, how can you become more inclusive within the tribal government and the tribal uh, administration for two-spirit people? And the great thing about it is it looks at how one can be inclusive as far as uh, um, their health care, their education system, creating anti-bully you know, uh, uh, policies. Uh, within their foster care system, within their juvenile justice system, within their their employment, within you know um, their family law, uh, within their elder services, uh, within all these different components that really um, encompass the life of, of of our people. To say you know uh, how can you be inclusive? And for those tribes that are wanting to do that but don't know how to go about doing that, or what type of wording to use to change their policy or their laws that tribal equity toolkit assists them in, in moving in that direction. And I think that's really important. Another thing that some of our organizations are doing, because it's still a big issue, is working with Two-Spirit youth who have issues about themselves and need that support. Um, we recently, within um, uh, the urban community, lost a, a couple of our Two-Spirit youth who didn't feel uh, the support that they could have. And for us, it's really looking at how can we better support our two-spirit youth to ensure that they know what their place is. And one of those right. ways that we feel that we could do that is to create these um, rites of passage that we had a long time ago. And, and it, what, what that was was when a young man became a young man, they would say, these are your rights as a young man, but here's your responsibility. And the mm -hmm. same for the young women. And then the same for two-spirit people that this is, you are now considered a two-spirit person, and these are the rights that go along with that. So right. These are the responsibilities. And what that did is it gave these people, these individuals, a sense of place, that they knew that they belonged and that they were important. And I think that's one of the things that we need to get back to. But I don't think it's necessarily just for the youth, because a lot of our people did not go through that rites of passage. So that's something that we're hoping to be able to uh, um, implement within our societies and within our tribes, hopefully. See, and I think that's amazing, and I think it's important, and something that even, you know, Sergey and I can learn is to remember to recognize ourselves and to respect ourselves, and what a beautiful way to do it uh, that you all are doing, reaching out. Now, you both have been very uh, part of Two-Spirit Organizations to do these things. Now, is there—you were mentioning Oregon has that toolkit. Are we going to see that in, in different states? Are we going to have something like that? Of course, we're in Washington State— uh, it seems like an amazing resource. Well, the toolkit is actually for wherever. It can go across the United States and Canada, whatever. It's basically set for, for whomever. If you go, I, I believe I sure, may have actually right. sent it. It might be on your guys' website. Oh, uh, and I just got the thumbs and, up it uh, is. Yeah, if you look at the, the Tribal Equity Toolkit and you open it up, it really is something that, of course, is hope that people would be able to use, you know, and you can use it, I believe, even in your tribal organizations 
to be able to, to uh, say, hey, how can we become more inclusive and more accepting? And if you get a chance to look at it, it's really great. It talks about the, the philosophical reason why you would want to be uh, inclusive and um, seek equity within your organization, be it a tribal organization or be it like a, a corporate organization that deals with uh, uh, First Nations, Native, uh, Inuit, Métis people. Perfect. Well, Raven, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us a little bit about this Two-Spirit people, um, educating our listeners and us uh, as well about what it means to be Two-Spirit and what uh, that means for the tribes of uh, the United of, of America. So thank you for coming on and taking time out of your summer. And I did check, and I have the link to our website, and we will put it uh, for the Tribal Equity Toolkit, and we'll put it on our Facebook page as well for listeners Excellent. to go and look yeah. look at. But we, we know how much it takes to put in the work for things that we believe oh, so passionately yeah. about. So to you both, thank you for taking time to help us uh, continue the good work that you two are doing. Thank you so much for that opportunity. Our pleasure. Have a wonderful Sunday to you both. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. That, as Sergey was saying, we just interviewed Raven, Heavy Runner, and Stephen Barrios. And I do want to say that conversation, it, it, there's a lot more in-depth things that oh, needs yes. to happen there. Oh, yeah. That was like a very brief touch of the surface right? Um, for something that is very important. And to hear, you know, uh, growing up, I always heard that different Native American tribes, even different tribes around the world, that someone who did feel like they were either two-spirit or felt like, you know, for me, I identified as a gay man, that it was a different role. There seemed to be more respect for my humanity in those aspects. So mm. I think we have a lot we can still learn. Absolutely. There's always a lot to learn. And I think it's, a, like you said, fascinating conversation that uh, needs to be continued. And I wish yeah, it was and I don't think we understand enough. I no, certainly don't. don't understand no. as much as I need to, but at least it was a start. It was a start. Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick song break. Uh, we're going to continue the rivalry. Uh, this is going to be Team Jonathan <laughs> slash Team Adele. Um, this is Adele, baby. This is Adele, baby. Uh, it's going to be Someone Like You. Love that song. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And that was Adele with someone like you. It has been a packed first it hour. Has. It's been been wham, bam, thank you, man. I know. We had Ian Parks from Where the Bears Are. And then we had two representatives from the Two Spirits, which are is a Native American um, identification for someone who feels part of the LGBT community. They have... They feel they have both the feminine and the masculine inside of them. They identify as two-spirit. Uh, we had Raven Heavy Runner and Stephen Barrios. And we have a lot more to learn. A lot For more. real, though. <clears throat> we, um, we so I appreciate those, those wonderful people for uh, right, right. being willing to talk to us this morning as well. And, of course, we talked about what's going on in our world, and mm-hmm. that's been rough. But we do have some people of our own to say thank you to. We do. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at 509-747-1621. That's right. And now we are going <laughs> that's to... Right. That's right. <laughs> that's it. That's how you get. We are supported by them. Um, <laughs> in your face. That happens. That happens. We are going to continue our packed show with more, uh, actually, interviews and discussions. We're yeah, going to talk to... This, yeah. 
this guy. Truman. This guy. We're going to talk to this guy. He was going to be on our show a bit ago. Um, unfortunately, Just a couple things, weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately, things uh, didn't quite pan out, but he's back, and we respect that. He is that. back. Well, first of all, we love it when, when they still make time for us because you know how busy everyone is. Doug Sperman, you might remember him. Uh, if you're a fan, you might remember him from the show on on Logo TV, Noah's Ark, as he was a recurring character on there. He has a new movie that's being funded through a GoFundMe campaign. The the You have to go look at this. It's on our website. The preview alone, I'm dying. So I need this movie to be finished, so everybody get your wallets out. It's called Zero <laughs> Two, I Love You. But what's most important, I want to talk to Doug Spearman about why he thinks it's important for the indie industry to keep making films and telling our stories. So without further ado, we want to welcome to the program Doug Spearman. Doug, are you there? Yeah, I am. Hi. Hey, welcome. How are you doing this fine Sunday morning? I'm pretty... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll take yeah. that. Yeah. We want to start with, um, first of all, what I found interesting, I was just telling our listeners that you have uh, a movie you've been working on with one of your co-stars of uh, Noah's Ark, Daryl Stevens, uh, a movie that you've been working on called Zero Two, I Love You. I've been watching all the previews and all this. First of all, is a beautiful, the previews alone are beautiful and makes me want to see this movie. But did I read that it has, it's kind of personal for you? Yeah, it is. Um, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, it's based on my life. In fact, Daryl is playing a character named Peter Logston, mm -hmm. who is literally based on me and wow. in my 20s and 30s and and even beyond, and it's probably the most personal thing I've ever written. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I wrote the story because Peter's character has a an affair with a married man, mm -hmm. and I found myself from the time I was a teenager in relationships with literally with married men, mm -hmm. and and I got kind of got tired of it, and I wanted to write a story to see if I could figure out why. Right. Like, why would I do that? And I also wanted to try to figure out the the um, the guy's part. Right. You know, why, the, why, why were these men doing this? Right. And I went on an exploration, and it, you know, I, I got the idea, believe it or not, in 1991, mm. and I wrote it as a novel, full out, in 95, 96. Turned it into a screenplay in 98, and tried to produce it in 99 and then put it away for a long time. Sure. And um, and then just came back to it about two years ago. Well, the quality in just the previous one, I know I haven't seen, you know, the full movie isn't done or whatever, but the quality of the filming, the quality of the acting, the writing itself, it is just, I mean, I'm surprised it isn't, you know, a Paramount movie or something of that of that magnitude, that has to take wow, a lot. You. Oh, I, I, yeah. And I'm being honest, because let me tell you, I work in indie stuff, and I, I know a lot of the quality isn't, you know, I respect it all, but the, the quality's hard to do on a budget at all. Has oh. that, how have you been able to, to do that? Well, uh, first of all, I have lived and worked in L.A. for the last 25 years, and I continue right, right. to be in an acting class with working actors. Mm-hmm. And Richard Lawson, who plays Daryl's dad, mm -hmm. uh, Ron, is my acting teacher and has been for, I don't know, 21, 22 years. Oh, wow. And that part was written for him. And so 
a lot of the people, when I first started producing it, back in the 90s, there are people that have read every draft of this script and have been attached, like Jay Hughley, who was in 12 Years yeah. a Slave, mm-hmm. and uh, Leslie Zemeckis, who's uh, the director of Robert Zemeckis' his wife, and she was... She was a classmate of mine and, and uh, has been a friend of mine. So these people have like gone over this film and script for two decades. Wow. Almost. Right. You know what I mean? So they helped right. me write it and they've gone through every change with it. And because I'm part of this community and we're all working actors and we're trying to make things for ourselves. Right. You know, I have, I have the luxury of calling my friends up and go, Hey, I've got this part. You want to do it? You know, can right. you be in my movie? Yeah. I have yeah. nothing to pay you. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, but we are shooting it under what's called the SAG ultra low budget because we're all yeah. screen actors, yeah. build actors, right. and, you know, and it's possible. And then I found an amazing young DP named Peter Stusloff who is shooting this movie. And Peter and I have created a vocabulary because we watch a lot of the same movies. Well, you know, I'll create a list of movies and we'll watch them together. And I'm like, and then he'll bring me his movies and we'll watch them together so that we have a style, we create right. a style and a vocabulary. Sure, sure. And then I have friends who have really beautiful houses or, yeah. or, or, <laughs> you know, I, you know, they're grownups. Yeah. So they live yeah. in nice places, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I look for like, I hate movies to not have good Art direction, right? And a lot of times, indie films get shot in such a way where there's no money. But I don't believe everybody everybody gets to um, maximize their relationship map right. with people in their lives. And so, I go to people and say, "Hey, you know, I'm doing this. Can I use your house?" Sure, right. sure. Well, and sometimes, and, and then you get an automatic yeah. lived-in environment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, and then, you know, you do things for people. Like, people help you out, you help them out. Yep. And that's the, ma- know, that's the magic. In, I, let people, I let people shoot in my house because yeah, they let right, me shoot in there. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's community, and it goes back and forth. Exactly. Community. It's kind of the magic of filmmaking in general, but especially indie filmmaking, where it's, it's more about the people and... Uh, the interactions you have, the friendships you build, the relationships, you know, going to people's houses. And you do it for the How, love of it. Exactly. You do it for the love and the art of it. How is uh, doing indie films because of that? You know, because it's so much about the uh, the love of it. Why is that so important to you? Well, you know, I'm, this, this business has always been important to me. Like, sure. I love film. Yeah. I've always loved movies and, and stage and anything to do it, but you know, Hollywood has always had the, the idea of the film studio and, and all that was hugely important to me ever since I can remember turning on mm-hmm. a television. My parents loved movies and they took me to the movies every week. And, you know, but I've always studied film and I read a lot of books about the making of movies. And you remember books? <laughs> um, and, and I remember, and I read a lot of articles about yeah. the, you know, the making of movies and, there was a book that came out back in the early 90s called You'll Never Eat Lunch in This Town Again. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was written by a producer named Julia Phillips. And Julia had produced, she was one of the producers on The Sting. And a friend of mine, who's no longer with us, edited The Sting and won an Oscar for it. Oh, wow. And Julia produced Taxi Driver and a lot of things. And I was, you know, I was looking at that book and her experience working with a very young Martin Scorsese on his first film. 
and that group of people. You know what I mean? And one of my heroes is Orson Welles, and Orson Welles created, when he was 21, 22 years old, the Mercury Theater Players of the Air. You know, he created this radio theater company. And then they became the actors and the the creators and the, the, the artisans that made his films with him. And I love that idea, and I'm lucky enough to work mm-hmm. in a acting studio with creative people where that kind of life is possible. And, you know, I've always been out. You know, mm-hmm. I was never really in a closet in my life. Mm-hmm. And my life story has meaning, and I want to see me on right. screen. And if I want that, I have to, I have to do it. I can't yeah. wait for them to make a movie about me. And that would actually kind of make me angry if somebody told my story. And <laughs> right? I'm like, ah! Before you, you know, had your uh, shot to I, do I, it. I, I remember when uh, Six Degrees of Separation came out, and, uh-huh. I, and I was on my way to move to L.A. when they announced that Will Smith got the part. And I'm like, oh, that's my role. Right? That's me. That's my role. <laughs> and, and I just thought, we've got to keep this alive. We, sure, we have sure. to do it, and especially because... I don't know if you noticed it, but after, what was it, the Blair Witch Project came out, mm-hmm. and all the Hollywood studios created indie, oh, yeah. indie mm-hmm. arms. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And since that, um, they've all started to shut down in the last yeah. five years. Yeah, exactly. You know, they've shut down, and now only, the studios don't do small pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, no more. They don't. They just yeah. do tenfold pictures, big, yeah. big productions, and then they, then they try to to get more than one studio to do it. So any small story with a human being that doesn't include an explosion, yes, and maybe some gay characters, it's right. up to us to do it. We're right. the only ones who are going to keep it alive. And to that to that effect, I want to mention. So on your GoFundMe page, that I like these two quotes, and I and I just want to talk to you a bit about that. You say, or whoever wrote it, I should say, I don't know. But I it did. Says, oh, good. I, did. I thought Some it was. Fans. So it, you say Hollywood, for some reason, just doesn't line up behind women, gays, and lesbians and minorities, even when the audience proves them wrong. It is our responsibility, our duty, to be the stewards and custodians of our own stories. That's what I find that's what draws me to indie films which is what you just said which is it's not about the bit you know who doesn't love a big action film but you don't see the human stories you don't see yourself up there and what you went through um even though you you know you operate within you know the the mainstream acting do you think you'll always have a place in your heart to do things the indie way Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think, I mean, I would love a studio film. I would love to direct, I, actually, I would really love to direct a superhero movie one time. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I have a couple of big costume dramas that I would love nice. to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a particular book and a particular story right. set sure, in New Orleans sure. in the 1840s that I'm dying to do. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you look at, like, the Samuel Goldwyn Studios. Yes. Mm-hmm. Samuel Goldwyn was the first independent producer. He was the Harvey Weinstein of the nineteen forties and fifties. That's who I aspire to be. Yes, Harvey right. Weinstein. That's who I want to be. Right. You know, Jerry Weintraub. These people who could produce films, make them happen, and still partner with studios when they had to for distribution, but they, but you know, you, you see Weinstein on something, you see Samuel Goldman's 
signature go across that blue screen, you know you're in for a quality picture. Exactly. And that's what I want to do. It's They're all independents. Yeah. It's just the right. size of the right. independent. Yes. Does that make sense? It yeah, may, absolutely. I love it. Right, yeah. absolutely. It's it's independence is uh it's coming from an artistic perspective versus I I think it's coming from a pers- artistic perspective versus a money perspective a lot of the times and maybe that's not quite true. Could you uh I'm going to change the subject just a little bit uh still talking about films but could you talk a little bit about how Hollywood and how mainstream film and TV has been portraying the LGBT community as well as the African American community and any minority really and do you think there is uh, a lot of whitewashing going on and a lot of kind of stereotyping uh, setting us back there? Um, <clears throat> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, first of all, because there are so many more platforms, because we now have Netflix and right. Hulu right. and, you know, Amazon creating. Yeah content and as content platforms they're taking far more risks and are closer to the bone than what I would say mainstream Fox, NBC, CBS, NBC is willing to do. Although because of cable and you know HBO and Showtime they've certainly had to up their game. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah but and I think there are we, we we're actually in a time when there are more realistic places to find blacks, Asians, women, gays, and lesbians. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and at the same time, those broad stereotypes really do exist. Right. You know, I think you know I, for some reason I woke up thinking about Modern Family this morning. Yeah, it's not yeah. a show I particularly enjoyed because. Right. I'm not crazy about that because I don't think the satire goes strong enough. I don't know right. what that show is about. Okay. As yeah. opposed to something like Veep, right. which I think is brilliant. Yes. You know, I think Veep and Julia Louis Dreyfus have, She's without great. even knowing it, made it completely possible to rewrite dialogue and say whatever you want to on television. Right. Sure. Yeah. You know, and even shows like Archer. Which oh, is yeah, one of my yes, favorite yeah, shows yeah, in the that, world. I don't know if you've ever watched <laughs> I the love incredible. show Archer. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and there was a show on NBC called Hannibal, which they just canceled. Yes. But yes, they yeah. actually let the show run out. Yeah. And they ended it beautifully. And it ended with a love story between these two men. Mm-hmm. And I thought it and when it ended, I was like, I literally stood up and I was like, Oh my god, that was beautiful. Why? So I think, you know, there there's a place for everybody, and there are people taking risks. But, yeah, there, there are times when they whitewash it. I mean, I call, you know, um, Empire Black Dynasty. Oh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. because that's all over the top. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There are people like Cookie. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know people like that. Exactly. Sure. I do. Yeah. I have an <laughs> like, what, what's Cookie's sister's name? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, okay, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yes. like I know her. Like, I know her. <laughs> You're like, oh, I see but her I every Sunday. You, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I just, like, I'm even related to her. You know? I mean, so, 
you can find, you know, stereotypes are based on reality in yes. certain ways. Well, and art, so, yeah, but the, the opportunity to make whatever you want is out there now. And art, there is a, a form of art which really is taking the truth and, and just like a stereotype and making it larger than life. I mean, theater was, was built on that a lot in a lot of ways. Sure. Now, do you think, so a lot of the conversation right now, like we just had on, in the first hour, we had on an actor who does um, uh, a successful web series that has to do with bears. It's a bunch of gay bears, where the bears are. And we talked to him. Do you think that a lot of people are saying, uh-oh, as soon as we start noticing and celebrating these Netflix shows, these Amazon Prime shows, these shows that are that are web series, it's just a matter of time before the formula machine gets in there and ruins that for everything as well. Do you think that's a danger we have? Because there's a lot of freedom right now in in those shows because it's new and it's artistic and you can explore things that for some reason we haven't allowed on these you know these networks that have been around for years. Do you think there's a danger of the formula machine coming in and ruining that? Well, I don't think it's a danger. I don't think it's a danger. I think it's inevitable. Yeah. Okay. That's everything starts on the edge and then gets sucked towards the center. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what I mean? Everything. I mean, if, if, going back to the Blair Wish Project, that was the first found footage movie. Right. And now you can't, a found footage horror movie. Mm-hmm. And now you can't not see one. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, hell, look at Madonna's career. Right, right. Everything Madonna is started mm-hmm. as something edgy and underground. Exactly. Yeah. Everything that yeah. she portrays. But when it, as soon as she does it, it becomes mainstream. Exactly. Right. right. Do you know what I mean? Like everything, all art starts on the edge and then gets pulled into the mainstream. And then that makes artists go try to find something else. Right. Sure. Or reinterpret yeah. it. That's right, just right. the inevitability of all things. Right. You so, know, like it's, it's, you know, if you imagine um, a funnel mm-hmm. held upright, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and everything's on the edge of that funnel, and the but the greater part of society is in the center, and right. so the the closer things uh, get to the center, the more acceptable they are. Exactly. I mean, like Will and Grace. Yep. Exactly. You know, they, it, it, and Will and Grace was, in its own way, the most vanilla television show ever created. Like I, Will and I were about the same age. Mm-hmm. And I was living between L.A. and New York. And I'm like, I don't know anybody like him. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, How is it right. a gay man in his 30s who's not dancing weekly at the Roxy, right. doing drugs, <laughs> and coming home with multiple sex partners? Exactly. I mean, like, who is this guy? Yeah, and right. where is that apartment? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it made it possible for queer as folk and for sure, Noah's art sure. and for modern family. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like exactly. we're just one brick in the road. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We don't know where the road's going. We're just a brick. Exactly. You just have to do what you believe. And speaking of what you believe, how is it going for this labor of love you have with Zero to I Love You? Are you funded or when can I like nope. line up and see this movie? You know, it's 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 a labor of love. It's a yeah. long time. No, I'm to be perfectly honest with you, no, we're about a hundred grand short. Okay. And this sure. is not a super expensive movie by Hollywood standards. Right. So the GoFundMe campaign uh, mm-hmm. GoFundMe.com slash, slash from zero to from zero to I love I'm you. looking right Thank at it. You. I love it. <laughs> um, is it's it's I'll put it this way. 
the film, the quality of the film, the quality of the acting speaks for itself. Sure. Yes, uh, sure. Because we don't have huge stars in it, like Matthew McConaughey's not, right. you know, playing Jack, and right. you know, uh, you know, Daryl Stevens is not a star on the magnitude right. of you know somebody on a network television show. Right. right now. So it's we, we, we're putting everything we have into it. Right. But you know, the budget's still pretty good, but it's not you know it's not a Hollywood budget by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. And I don't know if you know this, but, well, let me ask you this. Do you know how much, what the percentage of the gay and lesbian population of the United States actually supports all things, either political, oh. social, or artistic? Right. You know what percentage of it pays for it? Mm-mm, but I know it is not what I want it to be. 4%. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh. And, and that means all our political movements. Yep. Mm-hmm. So those people, so we haven't trained the audiences, we haven't trained our ourselves to give, to help, yep. to support. Yep. I mean, I have a lot of people helping me, and I, you know, I actually have investors. I, you know, you can't make this movie, right? Of course, on, of course not. Just on a GoFundMe campaign, right? You know, so I have investors, but you know, all day, every day, I look for people to invest, and all day, every day, I have to. Part of my job is to to train gays and lesbians. If you want a voice, you have to take part in the system. Yeah. You have to take part in the system, which means you have to open your wallets. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get involved. You have to put in some sweat equity. Yeah. You have to give. Exactly. And we don't, we're not trained to do that. No. And and I think, honestly, on an even larger level, society, we have kind of gotten away from it in a lot of ways. And we totally feel you being part doing a oh, radio sure show. I, I feel oh, yeah. Paid. It's, but, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. And I do want to say, uh, Kurt, our producer back there, um, we're, we're going to put up the GoFundMe link because, oh, first wow. of all, thank you. Well, first of all, the preview alone, seriously, it's like I feel like I watched, yeah. <laughs> like I watched the movie and I want more because I don't know what the real ending or whatever it is, but that is a beautiful preview and I love it when they find each other and uh it's the greatest speech in the world and and it's just going to be a great a great film and we obviously you know we want to support those things that are out there so um we'll do our best to get the word out because i want to be you. i'll line up now even if it's a year from now i'll just find a theater and line up because you'll, this is you'll gonna be, be camping for a while i will because it's going <laughs> to be great. worth seeing oh and, yeah uh, there, there are a couple of links for the yeah. For the film, I mean, okay. I you know there are a couple. I in fact, if you want a link to seven minutes of the film, oh, I can send you that, and you Heck can yeah. post it on your website because it's out there. It's on our Facebook page, so I'm not yes. sending you something that you know. No, yeah, yeah. But the mo- I am incredibly proud of this movie, and I'm amazed and proud of the actors. But you know, part of why I moved my life and career towards writing and directing as mm-hmm. opposed to being an actor is because. You know, I go to a lot of film festivals. I go mm-hmm. to Outfest here in yeah. Los Angeles and mm-hmm. Newfest in New York. And, you know, I participate in all of this stuff. And some of it, I, I want to raise the bar for what we do and make it easier for filmmakers to make better and bigger films. Yes. You know what I mean? I want mm-hmm. the audience to not be mad at us. Right. Because I think they got mad at us. Yeah. You know, because I think we gave them some things that they didn't like. Right, and, and they didn't, didn't feel have any that. production value. Yeah, yeah. because right. they were made very fast and very cheaply. Because right. you know, they, I, I will tell you that they really do not. Even, you know, they don't like to spend money. Uh, they, you know, they don't believe that we're going to spend money on them, so they're not going to spend any money on us. Sure, exactly. sure. 
you know. But if we don't show them that we are an economically viable source for them, they're not going to pay any attention to us. Exactly. No, you are very correct. It's why we have, you know, you guys talking about Sergey bringing up the, the whitewashing and things. I mean, because right, they want the quality, and it's almost like you have to sacrifice part of yourself just to get the quality you're looking for to be seen the way you want to be seen. And so it ends up being this horrible compromise that, honestly, mm-hmm. in the end, I don't think serves serves anybody, really. And you, you leave still feeling like something's lacking. So, But you're right. As a community, we need to come together and say, we can, we can be better. Than this. Yes. So yes, we can. Hundred percent. I mean, you, but here's the great thing: we are starting to do that. We are demanding. I mean, look at yeah. what Roland Emmerich just went through. With, right. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. True. Yeah. Like True. we're like, oh no, you don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh no, you don't. You're not doing that task. Uh huh. No. Exactly. You know, and I was pretty proud of that. Yeah. Right. You know, well, we didn't just swallow it. We yeah. didn't just accept it. You know, and neither did we accept. Uh, I, I mean, I was really, really happy and amazed by that because that was the audience finally. That was yeah. That was our occupy moment. Yes, it, it really was. It was standing up and saying, "We don't want this because that's not that that doesn't represent us. That's not true. That's not real to us." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and what are the next? What What else can we do to get there? You know, I think that's the big question: is yeah, what are those how do we how do we solidify that as a message from the people? You know that this is what we want to see every time, not just in this one instance. It's about every single project. It's about every single film. And, you know, I think that's that's a message we kind of have to get across. Well, I think we have to support the filmmakers that are actually doing that and point them out true, and talk true, about yeah. them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we have to, you know, we have to pray, find the good and praise that. Right, right. And over and over again. And then also ask what we can do to help. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do we help you make a movie? Yeah. What needs to be done? Sure. Because, you know, no movie gets done by itself. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I've got a community of artists and, and craftspeople that I work with, but I don't have a, I have a fantastic line producer, but I don't have the kind of producer that goes out and finds me money. That's my, right. you know, like, that's the thing that I do every day. Right. But I think the people that are interested, I mean, like, people that fund symphonies and ballet companies right. and, you know, the, in uh, the uh, was it the um, SPCA balls and all yeah, that yes, stuff sure. mm-hmm. need to understand that you know and and will you know gay congressmen and and or, you know lesbian senators yeah. have to understand that you know cinema is in itself an art form yes and has to be appreciated and and supported I mean right now there is really only one real organ finishing fund out there for gays and lesbian, gay and lesbian film, and that's the Frameline Finishing frame right. mm-hmm. um, Fund. But we have to establish things like that. We have to say, sure. how can we sure. help? What do you need? Sure. Yeah, and it's time to stand up and decide that we want we want this representation. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, we love uh, Outspoken. You know, our whole goal when we started this show two years ago was to start recognizing the people who are being loud, doing the the artistic stuff, doing the standing up for who we are as individuals and celebrating them. And I have to tell you, sir, um, very excited to see what you're what you're bringing to us and what's coming up. And I really appreciate your uh, your points of view behind the art itself and behind a movie like this that I think is a very important story and also entertaining for those of us who want to see it all rolled into one. So we need more artists like you, and I'm so glad you were able wow. to find time to come to our show. 
Thank you, and I apologize for missing the last. Not a, oh, no, it was not it was anticipation. Well worth the wait. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank no. you very much, you guys. I'm I'm really honored to you know to have had some time with you. Thank you so, so if much. Anything else I can do? Like I said, I'll send you the link, and do. you know you can. I'll send yeah. you all kinds of stuff. To you. And then on premiere, we when you finally get it, and it's going to go. You just come back, and we're going to talk a lot about it because I'm going to be obsessed at that point. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thank you. Sounds Perfect. good. Well, you have a wonderful Sunday. You too, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye-bye. If you just joined us, this, of course, is Outspoken. How could you ever forget that? You know us. We were just on the phone with Doug Spearman, best known for his role in with Daryl Stevens in Noah's Ark. But he has an amazing movie that I encourage you all to look at. It's called Zero to I Love You. It's a personal story of his. Watch the previews. And like uh, he was telling us, we'll give you a seven-minute preview on our website um, absolutely a movie I would go out and see at, at any theater. Um, it's important to support the arts. Um, I go to Kickstarter and support things I believe in there. These all the things time. Are, all the time. are important to support so that our stories continue to get told. So anyways, right. very excited we got to speak to Doug Spearman. So check that out. That was a great, great conversation. Now we are going to take a quick song break and then we come back. When we come back, we will uh, wrap up are two hours. This is a song by Passion Pit. And uh, if you haven't heard the lead singer of Passion Pit, uh, Michael Angelakos uh, came sure. out as gay. Uh, I'm sure that's how you pronounce his I'm name. Not I'm, not, I'm not even, I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> uh, and this is their song, Carried Away. That was Carried Away by Passion Pit. And this is KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. I like that song. Yeah, I saw them it in concert when they were here. You did? Where were they? They were at the Knitting Factory. Oh, that would have been a fun venue. Uh, It's. I like their. I didn't. I'll be honest. I haven't. Well, because I've only had my stereo now for a month. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, they they have never been. You know that sort of popular. I think Sleepwalker was their only song that's gotten too mainstream. But they're kind of. They're really nice. I like them. This is what I've discovered in my four years away from radio. They play ten songs. Um, I think over that's been the case over. for the last 10 years. Probably, but I just, it's been so long. Well, yeah. Th- so you're thank rediscovering you, Tim, it. for bringing me back my music. And I don't know. Well, that's why, that's deciding. why you listen to Pandora. That's yeah, why. Yeah, that's why I have CDs. Exactly. You have a phone and you that, And I do. Now that is in yeah. my car, my little gizmo that turns it into a radio exactly. station. Oh, I love that. I know. I love that. So really cool. This has been a crazy couple of hours. Hey, I nerded out today because we got to talk to two indie. Yeah actors and yeah. filmmakers and you know we love indie because that's what that's what we do that is um, what we do yeah and so i totally understand the passion behind it i am sad he's right i knew the number i wasn't sure of it though that f- only four percent of the lgbt population actually gets out there and supports lgbt issues Stuff. and yeah. e- things and it makes me what the the arts the music the what the it, fcc politics. words i can't say is exactly wrong with us. exactly yeah. well and I think uh, I don't know. It's interesting because so many people are kind of just well. If no one's g- if complacent if, and apathetic, exactly complacent and apathetic. If you know Hollywood's not going to do it, we can't do anything about it. And mm. that that carries over so to people tired. in general because how many times have you heard, "Well, my vote doesn't count" yeah. from everyone? And and let's be don't honest, give me if that. we don't like don't something or uh, we don't want to do something about it, we will tear that thing down so that we feel better about not being supportive. Here's the other thing. Anything good for us is good for us. We should support oh, each yeah. other, be happy. Hey, KYRS has a few shows now that are gay and lesbian. 
and it started with Queer Sounds, who paved the way way back in the day. They're still on the air with the playing the queer musicians and music. And the, and then we came on board thanks to them starting that, yeah. you know, quite a few years after they did. And then, of course, we are introed by a show mm-hmm. uh, right before I This, this way, way Out, out. which is a, a news media magazine about the LGBT community. Yeah. It's important. You know what? I want them to be successful. I want Queer Sounds to be successful. I want all these. I want us to be successful because that only helps our community. It really does. There you go. So, hey, you know what? Bye. You know what the key to that success is? Is the community involvement, is the yep. support, is, yep. you know, the people who come out. Uh, you know, whenever we're out there, they come out and support the KYRS things. They come mm-hmm. out and support our events. They yeah. listen. The least you can do is listen. It is the least. Comment on our Facebook yeah. things. Follow you know, us on Sergey Twitter. might say something like, who's Tim? But I, we do wait, still who, appreciate Tim? it. <laughs> You're oh, so awful. Thanks. I'm going to call him right now. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it right Anyways, now. we love everybody who watches wait, did he? Did you tell? Did you tell him that I said that? He he listened to he the show where we made did, fun of you. Uh, <laughs> Tim, what did you? What did he think? He was hurt. Oh, I was have he? To, I'm going to have to send him to therapy. Okay. <laughs> I, actually, no. He actually fine. thought it was funny, but I wanted it to be more <laughs> dramatic. So, uh, Jonathan, not everything can be as dramatic as you'd like it to I be. I know, and some things more dramatic than I do want them to be. So yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's absolutely. like it's a never-ending, yeah. non. Well, you know, something. Solving. Some things are just more fun when you make it a whole show and make a scene <laughs> about it, and you make a story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, which I don't do with some things, but yeah, well. <laughs> but remember, there's always. Let's talk about some fun things coming up yes. for you because Outspoken is constantly working hard to bring you more and more things. Things. Next week we have on Charlie David. Charlie David, if you remember, he did this little uh, like gay soap opera called Dante's Cove. He's also been in quite a few other things. Well, he has a new movie coming out it's called Paternity Leave, and it's a lot of fun. Actually, we're going to watch it this week. We are. We're um, going to have a movie night. So he's coming uh, onto the show on November twenty second, December sixth. That is now. Remember, our two year birthday is December eighth. So the Sunday that we'll we'll commemorate that. We have the one, the only legend herself, Miss Coco Peru, is Coco going to be Peru. on Outspoken. And she, I love that she's our birthday present. I don't know if she knows that yet, but thanks, Coco. And then on December 13th, you might remember a little Emmy winner for his spot on Scandal. Dan Bukatinsky yes. is going to be on. Emmy winner from Scandal. That's he, I'm so excited. No. I'm like, <laughs> no. you said yes? Thank now, have you. Have you seen Scandal? Uh, parts uh, of it parts of it, yeah yes. parts of it see and that's where i'm at i watched a little bit um i'll tell you it's because cole made me watch it um really <laughs> yeah he he loves that show uh made me watch it so i watched a little bit but it's that is exciting i agree with you that's right? amazing that's kind of insane not gonna I mean, lie. we'll talk about his emmy and his uh nomination speech and everything what's it like one? working with shonda rhimes i mean absolutely. i just want to know absolutely it all yeah so right. and yes we will give props to the kurt meister the schmear himself Curter uh, was able to make that happen so thank you for yeah that. anyways always bringing our fellow spokane peeps some something spokane fun to look forward some, to. yeah exactly now this uh <laughs> upcoming saturday so in six days there's an Just event happening is. here in spokane it's important you and I, for our furry little friends it is. we all we all love our pets we all love mm-hmm. our doggies our kitties um and other furry animals not mm-hmm. just limited to that but bears bears, <laughs> bears yeah bears we, ferrets, we our pears, otters and, whatever and otters and ferrets <laughs> um this saturday is furball you and it i are is. gonna attend furball we are it's exciting now this is the fundraiser that they yes. do every year for it, the spokane humane society right exactly dave was on last week to talk about it 
he talked a lot about it. I know. And we had a lot of fun. He actually sent me some fun yeah. uh, emails. He oh, used good, words good, good. that we said we were never going to use. He used those in the email. Oh, he did. Because we talked about those special words I don't like. Yes. Anyways. He made sure to do it, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, he did on purpose. He thought yes. he was funny. Um, this uh, <laughs> furball is at, uh, like you said, it's yeah. at the Davenport Grand on Saturday. It starts at 6 p.m. If you are looking, I'm not sure it was close to being sold out, but if it you was. want you to support your furry friends, it's a full dinner, it's dancing, it's a live jazz band. It's this it, whole thing. It's cr- it's a lot of fun. I went last year. I yeah. was in my fedora. They have a I silent auction. Yes, all and there of it. is. I'm just telling you right yeah. now, so be ready. There is a photo booth. A, so, photo, booth? a photo booth? Jonathan, so, we that's have ours. to be there. We're, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have we, to go. If you don't know, we will go to any photo booth ever. We ever. will drive 30 matter. miles. <laughs> For a photo booth at we someone's will, wedding that we don't know. Saying, we will crash your wedding. We will. If there's a photo booth. Let me tell you, is. I've been at a wedding with a photo booth. You know where I spent most of my time? Right. Photo booth. Here's the thing. Most people know this about us now. Yeah. And so if they have a photo booth, they come up to, up to us and go, will you please yeah. like do this first so everybody <laughs> sees that it's a lot of fun? Yeah. Or, oh, you don't have to ask us twice. I know. But if you want tickets and you want it's to support great. the Spokane Humane Society, uh, you can go to SpokaneHumaneSociety.org. Look for the link that says Furball, see if there's any tickets left and go. Yeah. My favorite part of the night, mm-hmm. they do a parade of paws. They do oh, they bring puppies. out adoptable pets. And for that night, yeah. there are no fees. So if you I love want that. to adopt that animal, you can do it that night. You yeah. don't have any adoption fees. That oh. animal is yours. And every year I find someone that I love dearly who needs to be pressured because they have too many animals, maybe already, but I don't care. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't how can you say no to that kitty? That's so that kitty's beautiful. crying. It Jonathan, wants to go home with you. Now, this is dangerous because you go there, try and convince someone right. to get an animal. I'm going to go there wanting an animal to <laughs> come in, to be in my home. I know. And so I feel like I might leave with a puppy it or four. It could be. Right? <laughs> exactly. Maybe. Hey, my little Roscoe came from the Spokane Humane Society. He did. He did. Because I rescue my babies. And uh, he is still... Just he's just oh, a little he's, lover. He's I, my happy. Can you bring your dogs to the furball? I don't think you can. I don't think so, but yeah, I would love that. I would bring Roscoe. Yeah, they should have like a puppy daycare there. That the would day. be that would okay. Be let's tell. We know yeah. some board members. <laughs> I know the vice president. Let's yeah. Tell there Maria. we go. We should we should we'll tell. Them. We'll tell now, Dave. You, you went last year and you had a great time. Amazing. Yeah, you went with uh, some of your coworkers I and did. your friend Darren. Yeah. Uh, he 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 bid on an extra dessert and brought it to me because he just wanted me to have it. I'm like, <laughs> you're sweet. Are you trying to keep me fat? Yeah, yeah. Darren. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, the silent auction. I'm excited. Yeah. So, anyways, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, keep looking forward to that because you I know, know. What? Spokane. We have good things here. We do. And remember, as we go forth in our week, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, whether it's to have a good thought, to have some compassion. Uh, lots going on in the world around us. Um, we do not forget. We laugh in this hour because that's what we do. We do not forget the tragedies that have been happening all over, as you said, even in Mexico. Um, and Japan, the the yeah. horrible uh, tragedies in Beirut and in Paris. Well, yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just try to support each other and let's yes, not tear absolutely. each other down and said you should do this rather than this. It d- Just do, guess what? Something yeah. is better than nothing exactly so just and just be a human about it you know yeah. I, I, I saw an interesting thing it was uh friday because that was friday the 13th it was friday the 13th uh november 2015 um and it listed everything that had happened paris beirut uh mexico earthquake japan tsunami mm-hmm. uh there was one other thing i i slipping my mind but that day over one hundred fifteen thousand people died 
115,000 people in one day. And here's the thing. All in places, random places. Random, it could, all over it could the happen the to anyone, and yeah. it could have happened to you. So if all you have is a spare thought, exactly. and maybe exactly. you find an opportunity to just be kind where you would not normally be, or to just show love it, where yes, you may have yeah. irritation. Be compassionate. Do that. I am, I am more concerned that our world has lost mm-hmm. the ability to be compassionate yeah. than anything in the world. And it doesn't mean you have to do anything special. A simple smile could be the first yeah. aid kit someone's looking for. You have no idea what someone's going through. You, you just, have no idea how much a, just yeah. being there for someone is... Pay we'll for some. Pay for someone's <gasps> drink. Pay it forward. Smile. I love doing that. I, I, I love, love when it's done I, for me. I, I love then going, you pay it back yeah. again, and it's this whole chain. Oh, and it's and that's you know what? It's a beautiful, beautiful moment because here's the thing: if we can all take care of our own compassion and humanity, yeah. the world already yeah. will begin to be a much better place. Oh, so um, much. And yeah, there's so much to do, and so much we should do, and we're just saying this is one small step. So I just for thought man? it was important. Yes, one giant leap for humanity. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I had to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gotta roll. Gotta roll. <laughs> Gotta roll. Gotta roll. I just think, you know, we try, people say every day, you know, things happen and you guys mm-hmm. have to go on the air because we have to go on the air. Exactly. It just exactly. is. And so we do it. And and we will continue to bring you great shows. We will continue yeah. to do, we'll just do what we do. That's so that's why we're here. Please also go support your local theater. Whether you choose to go to modern theater or you choose to go to our civic theater, I don't care what you do. Yeah. The go arts, to a theater. The arts. They're beautiful, and they you have a good time. I you mean, have a blast. So please go support time. everyone. We will continue to support you uh, just as much. Exactly. So thanks for tuning in to Outspoken. <laughs> <laughs>